Welcome everyone to What Did I Just Watch? A podcast that wants to make the Dutch tilt a Chekhov's Dutch tilt. Having said that, it kind of acts like a Chekhov's gun in itself. Hmm, something to think about. I am your host, Andrew, and this is episode 53 overall, but it is season 2, volume 2, series 2, episode 2. New season, if you haven't listened to the previous one, we took a little bit of a gap, and yeah, starting off new season, a little bit of changes, but still the same show that you know and hopefully love. But yeah, let's let's kick things off because we got some some pretty good things to talk about, and we're gonna start off with some of the interesting news for the week of April fourth, twenty twenty two, starting with the box office news, and we got quite a handful of movies that came out this week. So let's talk about that. So first one to be released in a wide capacity is Everything Everywhere All at Once. So you might ask, hey, didn't we watch this a couple weeks ago? Yes, we did indeed. But that was in a limited capacity and is now released in a wider capacity so that everyone who is not in the more populated areas can enjoy this absolute joy of a film we actually as of this recording just watched it again but we'll talk more about that very briefly in next week's episode and of course we'll dedicate an episode of as seen on a saturday night to said film so look forward to that in a future episode but yeah everywhere everything everywhere all at once please check it out it is a great film you know as a precursor or some prerequisites to watch Everything, everywhere, all at once. You could watch some of the, the Daniels. That that's the director, the directors of this film, and they're they're both Daniels, so they just formally known as the Daniels. And you know, check out some of their previous work. They mostly did music videos, but they have a film that we absolutely love and adore because it's so weird, quirky, and just out of place. But it's called Swiss Army Man. Stars Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe as you guessed it, the Tatilier Swiss Army Man and also has a very underrated Paul Dano performance. So check it out. And we highly recommend that Swiss Army Man. And we highly recommend everything, everywhere, all at once. So check it out. It's in theaters near you. Hopefully it is in one because we want this film to have as many eyes on it as possible because it's an absolute joy of a film. So we'll get into that when... Our As Seen on a Saturday Night episode dedicated to this happens. So, look forward to that. Next film in a wide release capacity is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Not more needs to be said about that. That was the last big film before the pandemic took place. And of course, we watched it this week as well. So you have that to look forward to because we will talk about that in our not-so-60-second review. So look forward to that later in this episode. And the last movie to get the wide release format this week is a film called Ambulance by none other than Mr. Explosive himself, Michael Bay. And we haven't watched it yet. We plan to watch it sometime either this week or next week, and we'll let you know what our thoughts are when we get our eyes on it. But, you know, this film is anchored by three people we absolutely love. Yahya Abdul-Martin II, Isa Gonzalez, and of course the very wild and unpredictable Jake Gyllenhaal who apparently gives a wild performance which is weird because he plays a bank robber or a anti-hero sort of type in here but you know that's kind of weird but Jake Gyllenhaal always choose some very interesting roles so we'll have a look 
we have that to look forward to, and we're definitely going to let you know what is up when we watch that film. So, other films of note. So, they apparently re-released Inland Empire by Mr. David Lynch, we believe is the director. We forgot, but yeah, Inland Empire got re-released in theaters. And also, Selena, starring Jennifer Lopez, the biopic based on Selena, is also re-released in the theater so check those two out because they are in limited capacity so it might not be in a theater near you but if it is and you happen to like those films check them out because we haven't seen it but we look forward to seeing it if we if we have a chance to check it out but yeah that is it for the movie releases this week so let's jump right into some of the film and tv news headlines that appeared in front of us this week starting with some weekly MCU news. So the biggest one of all is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has released their tickets and go get them. We got ours already and we're going to watch it. First available showtime they have on that Thursday evening. So we have that to look forward to and we're very, very excited because another continuation of, you know, what what more needs to be said? We're big MCU fans here and you know that we're ultimately very biased when it comes towards talking about the MCU. So no shocking revelations here that we are very excited for this film but they also released some tv spots some posters and of course all standard fair posters always the very unfortunate generic looking ones where it shows the cast the actor's face and you know nothing special we look more forward to the fan art and the artist the very talented artists around the world like boss logic that come up with a better designed poster closer to the release of the film and look forward to seeing some of that and maybe purchasing some of those posters because we we happen to to like some of the styles that other artists around the world make based on this property so we always look forward to some of the fan posters that are released around the time of mcu films are released but yeah multiverse of madness tickets are released so go get them if you are interested in the film you know we definitely are so hopefully we'll enjoy this next step in the mcu lore and we look forward to it taking that journey with you and getting excited for it so let's jump right into some non-mcu news and starting with kind of a tangent of mcu news you know the kind of man that started all robert downey jr he's gonna be starting his own cinematic universe in the form of Sherlock Holmes cinematic universe or just Sherlock Holmes universe. So if you are not too familiar, Sherlock Holmes or Robert Downey Jr. actually made two Sherlock Holmes films, one in 2009 and one in 2011. So he stopped short of completing the trilogy with Jude Law as his Watson and to Downey's Holmes, but they look to continue that and he might not reprise the role but he will produce some property that will be under that universe whether it's tv shows or a film or other types of mediums they'll be under his watchful eye so you know get ready for that sherlock holmes cinematic or literature universe whatever they decide to call it and you know it's all about that franchise universe stuff now nowadays and it's cool but you know a lot of people try to replicate what the mcu formula is 
doesn't work for everyone and it only works specifically for them so you gotta find your own way to go tackling that kind of structure it's not again it's not gonna work for everyone but you know they just marvel studios just got really lucky by catching a break and having just to be the first one there and just being able to 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 get lucky and form the mcu to what we know it is now and they're very lucky to do that so Let's see how they do. You know, we love us just some Sherlock Holmes. We got fascinated by the Sherlock Holmes property ever since we watched the Robert Downey Jr. one and then we got exposed to the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock series and then, you know, then we started reading some of the short stories Arthur Conan Doyle wrote and and yeah, it's it's some good stuff. So check it out if you're ever interested in some Sherlock Holmes IP and dive into that corner of the universe. The next bit of movie news is Fast and Furious 10 has added another big name to the family and her name is Brie Larson aka Captain Marvel aka Carol Danvers so what we do know is that this Fast and Furious 10 has added three very big names to his ever-growing cast and you know, Jason Momoa kind of confirmed that Charlize Theron will be back, which is not really a surprise considering the events or the conclusions of Fast and Furious 9. So, you know, they're going to cap it off with a 10 and 11, and they're going out big. So they're adding Jason Momoa, bringing back Charlize Theron, brought back Han, and they're adding Daniela Melkor, as we talked about last week, and now they're adding Captain Marvel herself, Brie Larson. You know, it's going to be crazy because all those... All four of those are probably replacing the star power that was Dwayne The Rock Johnson because he said he's not coming back to the series, no matter what Vin Diesel tries. And it's kind of sucks, but you know, we'll we'll see how it goes and how it rolls out. And you know, we're we still enjoy the series for what it is because of just the goofy, logic-breaking type of physics. And it's we we love that kind of silly stuff, and we look forward to seeing it because it makes for some great popcorn turn off your brain type stuff and. Just, you know, go for the ride, and we, we absolutely love that stuff. So we look forward to seeing it, and hopefully you are too. The way the way is it was presented was Vin Diesel posted a picture on Instagram with Brie Larson kind of sharing a laugh with him and then introducing her to the family. So Fast and Furious 10, fasten your seatbelts. On May 19th, 2023 is when it will be released. So the next bit of movie news is a trailer for a very adorable figure. It's called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. So we know that this is based on three short films that were released on YouTube. As of this moment, we haven't watched those three short films. We plan to, so we'll probably talk about that sometimes next week when we actually do watch it this week and we'll let you know but this trailer we avoided because we're gonna watch the short films first and then we'll catch this trailer but it looks to be very adorable it's a little one-eyed shell we don't know what the synopsis of this film is but they have a film called marcel the shell with shoes on cute little title and it's gonna hit theaters june 24th 2022 check it out if you want if you like cute adorable live action stuff this will might be your thing for the summer and it looks very cute it the thumbnail that we're looking at it's standing on top of a map this one-eyed seashell and it has cute little legs with orange shoes standing next to a push pin which is almost as big as the shell itself and it's adorable and we look forward to seeing what this family friendly 
question mark film is because it's going to be released by or distributed by A24 and A24 doesn't do family friendly stuff maybe this is a first for them and hopefully it is and we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when we get our eyes on the three short films that are the inspiration for this film the last bit of movie news for this week is the runtime for Jurassic World Dominion so if you didn't know Jurassic World Dominion actually has been completed last since last year we believe since November so it's just sitting in a vault waiting for the marketing to take place and finish and them going on a press junket and just it's basically ready to watch all the VFX is done so they have revealed the runtime and it is gonna clock in around two and a half hours or just four minutes short four minutes short of two and a half hours making it the longest installment in the Jurassic franchise and that's cool now here's the thing we're not the biggest biggest fans of Jurassic the Jurassic franchise we've seen one two three four or Jurassic World and parts of Jurassic World five whichever fallen kingdom and we like we like dinosaurs but it's just not it's not for us and we'll still watch this when this comes out but you know it's not something we're looking forward to very much but it's not on the top of our list and excited for but you know we'll check it out and we, we like this type of stuff so we'll, we'll we'll see if anything piques our interest from now until the release of this film which will be june 10th 2022 so the first bit of tv news is some very very excellent one because we're very excited for this walter white and Jesse Pinkman will appear in Better Call Saul Season 6. So this is confirmed by Peter Gould, who is the co-showrunner of Better Call Saul. And he's they, they he just he just said that they're coming back. They're not he's not explaining the circumstances that they're returning in, but those who watch Better Call Saul can probably take a good guess and we have our guesses as to how they're going to factor into the sixth and final season of Better Call Saul. So we're very excited. As of this recording, it will be in about a week where this season premiere, season six final premiere of Better Call Saul will be premiering and April 18th. So very excited. It's going to be two episodes next week that we have to look forward to watching. And yeah, it's going to be very, very exciting because it's being it's flying way under the radar than what we thought it it would be doing because you know this is based on on a show that's kind of just took off in the golden age of television and it, it sucks that it's not getting the recognition it's getting now because everyone's kind of over that hill but you know maybe it'll find its legs during this final season and It'll hopefully catch the attention it definitely deserves. So, you know, maybe you can do do us a favor and check out the show. They have all five seasons ready to be binged watch on Netflix streaming service. So yeah, it's maybe just in time for season six because it's breaking they're breaking season six, the final season, into two. The first seven episodes will be airing in May and April and the last six episodes in July and August so we have that to look forward to so yeah April 18th season 6 premiere of Better Call Saul the final season and yeah look forward to that and you can't tell but we're very excited and 
very, very, very happy that this is going to be a story that we're looking forward to seeing and, and the gloriousness that it will go out in. The next bit of TV news is, so, they had a Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV series being, you know, showrun or in development with Mr. Childish Gambino himself, a.k.a. Donald Glover, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, but, you know, because Phoebe Waller-Bridge had to part ways from a busy schedule and some creative differences, so they have a replacement for her of sorts, and her name is Maya Erskine, and we're not too familiar with her work, but we do know one work that she's in, but we haven't watched yet. It's called Pen15, and if you can... Write it down, you'll know the joke of that name. <laughs> and it's actually pretty funny and clever, so we, we're not too familiar with her work. But judging from the praise that Pen15 gets, uh, this is looking to be a good... She's looking to fill a very good void and a very good replacement for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And we're very excited because Donald Glover, very, very, very talented guy. And from the sound of it, Maya Erskine is looking to be a very talented human being as well. So we have that to look forward to. No release date or more information on this Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV series. But, you know, it's going to be arriving soon, sooner than later, maybe next year. So, of course, when more information comes in, we'll, we'll let you know what is up. So the last bit of TV news for this week and just news in general is Barry season 3 trailer we're avoiding it because we love this show so much and we just can't wait to watch it but yeah all you need to know Barry season 3 Bill Hader is back after a three-year hiatus or four-year and it will be premiering on HBO and we believe the HBO Max streaming service April 24th 2022 which is just a little bit over two weeks from now and very very exciting times because this is a very very hilariously violent show you know there's a lot of funny comedic bits but it's also hidden under that layer of comedy is kind of some dark dark thoughts and revelations and it kind of makes you think like ooh, don't know if we should be laughing about such su subject matter and it makes you think and hesitate about laughing a second time when you realize what's actually happening and yeah it's some good stuff we highly recommend you watch it it's bill Hader is always an absolute delight and there's a character in there called noho hank and he's played by anthony kerrigan he's really really funny and accent is just something out of this world and we love it so check it out if you want barry on hbo or the hbo max streaming service and yeah that is it for the interesting news for the week of April 4th, 2022. So let's move on to our next segment, which is our What Did I Just Watch Week, which is a segment where we talk about all the content that we watched this past week and give our quick thoughts, reviews, commentary, reactions, anything we would like to talk about said content that we just watched or consumed and, you know, let you know you know, what, what's in our brain and pick our brains a little bit and just just let you in on kind of our little personal life of what type of content we like to consume. So this week, the first thing we're starting off with is 
Morbius, the living vampire, or just Morbius, but it is the film that was released last week in theaters, and yeah, it stars Jared Leto. This Now, you might have heard this film gets a bad rap for being absolutely horrible. Couple things. It is not that horrible, but it is obviously not a masterpiece, so if people are saying it's horrible, go in expecting exactly that, and you will come out exactly fine you won't hate it because it is something you know you could find entertaining because there's some elements in there that are actually pretty 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 good pretty decent and you'll find enjoyable so just go in with that mindset and you will absolutely enjoy the heck out of this film and not get a you know sore or hatred towards this film which you shouldn't because all films are made with some sort of love sweat and blood and should be treated with such because someone actually took their time into crafting this piece of art and it should always go appreciated because yeah someone dedicated their life to this and we're imagining that a lot of people did the same for this film so the next movie that we watch also with Morbius, we're going to give our quick thoughts. We kind of already did, but we will talk about it more in our not-so-60 second view and the next film as well. So this film we didn't watch in theaters because only it was only released in or on the HBO Max streaming service, Kimmy, which stars Zoe Kravitz, and we'll, we'll give our quick thoughts in our not-so-60 second review. But all we can say is that this is a very relatable time, and it definitely dates the film because of the the content in this in this film and some elements so we'll, we'll we'll let you we'll fill you in on those thoughts later so the next film that we watch is the host and this is one of bong joon ho's earlier work and might we say this guy he knows how to make movies that's all we're gonna say and same with the <laughs> Weirdly enough, not exactly the same as the next one, but the next movie that we saw, we'll give our quick thoughts in our not so 60 second review Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Next film, also by Bong Joon Ho, it is Mother, and again, this guy knows his stuff, and you know, he definitely makes some of our favorite, or at least one of our favorite films of all time, and we'll get into that later on in this episode. But yeah, he. We were kind of going on a binge, and also because these two films were about to leave a streaming service, so we wanted to catch it before we might not have a chance to watch it again. But, you know, we definitely don't regret it at all. These two films, very well made, and just a riot of a film to enjoy, and something that we kind of wish we saw earlier. But, yeah, that is it for all the movies that we saw this week. But let's move on to some of the some of the TV shows that we watched this week, and not quite a lot but there's some very interesting ones so we continued watching our killing eve season four last season and yeah we got two more episodes to go we watched the fifth and sixth one and they they have a lot of heavy lifting to do and as of this recording we're about to watch the season the series finale the last two episodes so we'll let you know what our thoughts are next week's episode so the next thing that we saw is actually we saw the Paul Rudd SNL episode finally. It was unfortunate because when Paul Rudd hosted, it was the Omicron variant that was going around and it kind of messed up the plans for that SNL episode. So that was kind of unfortunate for Paul Rudd, but he, they made the best of it and 
it it turned out pretty like a kind of nostalgic dive into previous SNL episodes. We also saw the Gerard Carmichael episode for SNL and it was great. He he needs to he needs to do more stuff because we actually love the Gerard Carmichael show that was on air about six years ago and it was pretty good. It ran for two, three seasons and you know, made for a great sitcom for those two, three seasons and we kinda wish we got more of that, but it's unfortunate that we didn't. So let's see let's see Gerard Carmichael do more stuff. We want to see him in more stuff. Next thing that we saw is the 2022 Grammys. Now, we're not big music fans here, but we're not the biggest music fans here, but it's just nice to see some wholesome, wholesome award shows that are all about love and just appreciating one another. And, you know, congratulations to John Baptiste that won the most major awards for, for this year's Grammy. And, you know, shout out to him. So the next thing that we saw is the next episode of Moon Knight. Absolutely fantastic. We're not too familiar with the Moon Knight property, but from watching people who are expertise in that comic, the Moon Knight comics, they say that it's pretty fantastic. We'll take their word for it, but, you know, not being a comic book fan, you know, we're liking what we see so far, and, you know, uh, Oscar Isaac, we're, we're, we're in love with this man. Let's just Let's just put it that way. The most recent... Seven years, we fell in love with this man because of Ex Machina, uh, Poe Depp because his role as Paul Dameron, and, you know, it, Dune. He's just in a lot of great, great stuff. So we highly recommend you going through a Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac binge and deep dive into some of his film work the past decade because it's excellent, excellent stuff. So next two TV shows that we saw is our staple watch-throughs towards... Uh, our cable, I mean, our staple watch-throughs of, you know, our weekly cable shows, Young Rock, uh, which is pretty excellent as always, and, you know, for those who don't listen to previous episodes, there's a TV show based on the origin story of Dwayne The Rock Johnson in three different time periods, when he was a toddler or a youngster, a teenager, and when he is a young adolescent around college days, so it's it's cool to see you know, kind of a fictionalized version or kind of, you know, embossed or origin story of The Rock and, you know, kind of seeing some hard, hard truths about the way he was, he was, he grew up and how he became what he is now. So it's always good. We're big, big fans of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Next TV show and the last one that we saw this week is Blackish, you know, another watch through of the final season. You know, this was a weirdly emotional episode because they have about two more episodes left and, you know, this is the these last couple steps and, you know, there's no overarching story other than that it's a great, you know, kind of historical moment for television shows because they swept some well not sweep some awards, they got some pretty big awards for this show throughout its run and we're sad to see it go, but glad that they, glad we got to experience the journey along the way and take us on a fascinating journey into some great character works that this show was able to give us. And we're going to miss it when it goes off air, but, you know, move on to bigger and better things for everyone involved in that cast and crew. But that is it for the What Did I Just Watch week. And let's move on to our next segment, which is our not-so-60-second review, because we don't have any weekly pickups today. So, Or we don't have any weekly pickups this week. We didn't pick up any Blu-rays or 4K. So let's move on to our 
our not-so-60-second review, which is a segment where we talk about recently released film, whether it is in theaters or on a streaming service, and give our quick thoughts, reviews, and commentary on, on, the, on said film. So, this week we got three films. We got Morbius, Kimmy, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So the first film is Morbius, and this is a logline for that film. Biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. If you don't know, Morbius is based on Morbius the Living Vampire, which is a character in Marvel Comics. But, you know, as we said about this film in our What Did I Just Watch, we could go in with a set of low standards so that you're not disappointed or don't don't let people overhype this film. It's a fairly serviceable, serviceable film. It's nothing spectacular, but nothing horrendous. It doesn't offend anyone. It's just... You know, it kind of goes a different way about handling some interconnecting threads to other universes, and we'll we'll leave it at that. So, Morbius is directed by Daniel Espinoza, with a screenplay written by Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless, and it stars Jared Leto, Matt Smith, Adria Arjona, Jared Harris, Al Madrigal, and Tyrese Gibson, and it is available for you to watch. In theaters so check it out if you're interested in your local theaters so the next film is a film called Kimmy so this is a logline for that film an agoraphobic Seattle tech worker uncovers evidence of a crime so this film we're gonna keep it quick and short because it is a pretty compact and dense film and we don't want to give away too much of what this film is about because it's a pretty great journey that you go on if you get to go in clean. But like that logline says, it's an agoraphobic uh, tech worker and, you know, she kind of discovers some possibly life-changing things and, you know, she goes on a journey and discovers discovers a little bit about herself and about the people that she works for. So... We don't know how else to generalize it other than that, but it's a great film. It's a great performance that absolutely hinges on Zoe Kravitz, and we'll we'll leave it at that. So, Kimmy is directed by Steven Soderbergh, a personal favorite of ours, and it is written with a screenplay written by David Kwepp, and it stars Zoe Kravitz. So, this is only available for you to watch on the HBO Max streaming service. So, check it out if you have that streaming service. It's a very great quick watch, we should say. So, one of the things that we think makes for a great watch or a great film is always a very compact runtime. And if it's always under an hour and 40 minutes and you are a great film, you know that classify it as a very easy recommendation for others but yeah kimmy on the hbo max streaming service check it out if you're curious and we highly recommend that you do so the last film for our not so 60 second review is sonic the hedgehog 2 and this is a logline for that film when the manic dr robotnik returns to earth with a new ally knuckles the echidna sonic and his new friend tails is all that stands in their way. So if you are a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, you will absolutely be delighted 
by this film. Now, we are big, big fans of Sonic the Hedgehog when we were younger, less so when we grew older and grew out of it, but, you know, this kind of brought us back to how much we loved Sonic the Hedgehog IP back in the day, and this just rejuvenated that love, and we can't wait to see more of what this franchise has for us. So if you didn't know, before this film was officially released, they greenlit a third film in development and a spin-off series that focuses on Knuckles voiced by Idris Elba, a TV series for him. And that's awesome. So good thing to know that we're going to see more of these characters that we know and love. You know, Tails was a lot more adorable than we remembered, so we ended up falling in love with Tails the Fox. We don't know if Fox or t we don't know if Tails is a fox or anything. But anyways, Tails is adorable. Knuckles is just hilariously adorable. And Sonic, always cool with the chili dog we love. And Jim Carrey, if this really is his last film role, so be it. It's great. And he absolutely just knocks it out of the park because of how goofy and just physically comedic, comedically excellent he is, if that's even a word. But he's just so great at making us laugh with his physical comedy that you know we're kind of we're gonna miss him if this really is his last film that he will be doing for a while so sonic the hedgehog 2 is directed by jeff fowler with a screenplay written by pat casey josh miller and john whittington and a story by pat casey and josh miller it is based on sonic the hedgehog by sega and it stars james marsden ben schwartz tika sumter Natasha Rothwell, Adam Pally, Shamir Moore, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, Lee Majdu, Idris Elba, and Jim Carrey. And this is available for you to watch only in theaters, so check it out if you're interested. And check it, check, uh, check your local theaters to see if this is playing there. And, you know, maybe make this a date night movie or, you know, take your kids out to go watch because, you know, this will keep the kids entertained and it will make the kids want to go run fast <laughs> like Sonic. But yeah, that is it for this week's not-so-60-second review. So let's jump right into our last segment of the evening, our main event of the night and that is our as seen on a saturday night so this is continuing the trend of last week's episode which is we're not going to talk about a specific movie but we're going to talk about a specific topic in general that doesn't make sense specific topic in general but a topic that is related to film and it is why we love film and movies so this is gonna just be a little talk about getting to know us just a little bit more about you know why we love film and movies so last week we talked about why we love tv what got us into it what tv shows that we watched when we were a kid favorite tv shows of all time you know having a mount rushmore of television shows and you know this week we're gonna do the same except for movies so a couple things you know this is a little bit shorter to to kind of divulge because you know tv we kind of grew up on and we watched more so when we were younger and less films when we were younger but the thing that we for for movies it's a little bit different because you know our we we didn't have as much movies to watch or didn't have as much access to films when we were younger so we watched a lot of tv but the films that we did get to rewatch over and over again it's the, the, these are those handfuls so we watch this on repeat 
on VHS and just watched it over and over again because we just had the VHS or DVDs on hand and just on cable and we just kept rewatching it because it was something that we really enjoyed. So those films are Space Jam, The Matrix, Rush Hour, Godzilla 1998 version, and Batman and Robin. So there are some choices in there, we know, but you know, let us explain why. So one of the reasons why we, we, we love film is because, you know, kind of the cathartic experience that we get to go through. It's something where we could sit down for two hours and just kind of enjoy, escape the world and escape kind of life a little bit and just sit down, relax and just enjoy what someone has to tell us, you know, because movies are a story for us to enjoy and a story for us to kind of be enveloped in and just appreciate what kind of you know entertaining story they have to tell us whether it's sad cool you know a spectacle or that we if we didn't say sad sad made it make us want to cry or maybe just get a little bit emotional whether it is one opposite spectrum of the emotion or the other side of the spectrum of emotions it's just something that we look forward to experiencing because you know sometimes the boring, mundane, everyday life activities aren't enough for us. So we go, we specifically resort to films to get that fill of emotion. So that's the main reason why we love film. But the other one is related to actually going to the movie theaters, but it's the movie theater going experience, which is, you know, you sniff in or breathe in, you smell that popcorn. We personally don't eat popcorn when we watch films or go to the movie theaters. We just sit there with nothing in our laps except our bags. But it's we just don't eat anything during films. And we might eat when we're home, at home watching movies. But we very rarely, seldomly eat while we watch a movie, whether it is in theaters or at home. But, you know, just the smell of popcorn always reminds us, oh, if I smell popcorn, I should be in a movie theater or be near a movie theater because that's where I mainly associate that scent. That's mainly where we associate that scent with. Other thing is just, you know, the vibe and the atmosphere of the movie theater. You know, the dark atmosphere of no other light source other than the projector blasting onto a white screen for us to show us the moving picture and just you know the atmosphere of everyone quiet and giving their attention to said projection that is on the wall for us to for entertainment you know it's just something that's cool that it requires our attention and how a projector of moving pictures can capture and hold our attention for 120 minutes or so and that we always find fascinating that a film has, or a moving picture has the power to do and that's why we are so so enamored with that kind of concept so that's why we like film but you know now that you know kind of our reasons for just our philosophical reasons for enjoying films and wanting to watch films let's get into some of the actual films that you know is responsible for us expanding that love and we already told you our first movie exposures so the the kind of films that we have on repeats you know we'll, we'll say it again space jam the matrix rush hour Godzilla 98 and Batman and Robin and also that kind of gives away our age range because all those films came out within five years time and and yeah they all came out around the late 90s so you kind of age us in a way and but we'll move on 
So the first movie theater experience that we had, it's kind of foggy to us and not too clear because it's one of two films. And it is, it's most likely X-Men, the 2000 version, the one where we first see Hugh Jack- Jackman as Wolverine. And we always thought it might have been Monsters, Inc., but we definitely realized that X-Men is probably the one that was released first. So that's probably our first movie theater experience. And it was something. We don't remember much about the film and watching it in theater, but we just know that we saw a giant billboard after watching the film. And we were like, hey, we saw that film in a dark room with our parents. And that's cool. But that was also weird because why do we do that? Why do we go to a dark room just to watch a moving picture when we could do that at home? Until I realized, no, we can't do that at home. We had to wait a couple months or a few months for that to happen. But So we didn't have exactly a, not a great experience, but we just don't remember and recall any kind of experience in that film. It was fine. It was just weird sitting in a dark room to watch a moving picture. But, you know, that that's something that we'll later l- learn to appreciate a lot more. But let's get into kind of the meat of this segment which is just what is our favorite films of all time and always always debatable because you know if you say one film and someone doesn't like it because of the travesty and abomination that it is you know you're not respected as a movie critic once again we're not a movie critic we didn't go to film school we have no expertise knowledge on film or television we just happen to like to consume film and movies and televisions because it's something that we find entertaining and something that you know the more we watch the more we become knowledgeable on and we're not saying that we have expert knowledge knowledge or expertise knowledge on how to make an excellent or superb movie or television show but you know this is kind of our thoughts and just we take it into our own account that you know this is something that resonated with us more than other films but you know here we go we're gonna give our list and hopefully it's not as controversial controversial as some other stuff so the first film groundhog day mad max fury road blade runner 2049 parasite the matrix rush hour now it's a very very weird eclectic mix now we add in rush hour because we realize what qualifies as a favorite film of all time and that kind of one one kind of factor in, into it is that if it's on cable television will you sit down drop everything you're doing and watch it uh, until the credits roll that, that kind of is although we can kind of apply that to almost any film that is of interest but you know there's something about rush hour that we've recently realized is that there will never ever be someone like Jackie Chan because, you know, all of Jackie Chan's films that he made in Hong Kong are absolutely watchable. Like, you can rewatch for days because of just the athleticism and the comedic athleticism that he has is... There's no one that can compare to him. And it we just realized that Rush Hour is a way kind of to expose his the culture that he brings along to American culture and Rush Hour was the first film to kind of showcase that for an American audience and realize that hey there's this guy over there that is extremely talented check out this film here if you like this film there's a lot more stuff that's a lot better than Rush Hour that he's done that you should go check out and you know 
uh, Meals on Wheels, we believe is one of them, or Wheel on Me- Wheels on Meals. It's one of them, but it's that one's absolutely excellent. You know, police story is pretty great, and there's a whole his whole catalog of films. There's you could close your eyes, pluck one out, you'll probably very much enjoy it. and they're all very great compact watches under about a hundred minutes or they hover around a hundred minutes in the runtime so very very watchable and we highly recommend just checking it out any one of his films old films but that that's why we added rush hour in there. the other films we're pretty sure you can understand why the matrix kind of self-explanatory as to why it can be a favorite of all time parasite a more recent film but you know it just resonated with us so much and the range of emotions that we go through in that film is just it felt like we were on a roller coaster no 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 joke when we walked out of the theater after watching that we were sweating because we felt like that we were hot and then cold and then heartbeat was like past 140 and then after that it was like under 80 so there was so much going on during those two and a half hours or close to two and a half hours that we were like did we just step out of a roller coaster or was that just a regular old movie? No, it wasn't just some regular old movie. It was a absolute roller coaster of a movie. And Best Picture absolutely justified that it deserved to win that. So Blade Runner 2049 and we mainly picked this one because of just how beautiful this this movie looks. But also just kind of the message of the story and we don't want to get too into it because if we're going to sit here and, and talk about every single film, we're just going to be here for. 24 hours, but later on 2049, beautiful cinematography by Roger Deakins, which he finally won an Oscar for his cinematography with this film. Should have won one a long time ago, but this film earned him that first one. So yeah, but um, later on 2049, we highly recommend you check it out. It's for us, we we think it's better than the original, but that's always up for debate. Mad Max Fury Road. So we don't praise this film enough because. It's just something that hasn't been seen as much as other films similar with 2049. But this basically, if we were to try to sell you on this film, if you're someone who hasn't watched Fury Road, we'll sell you on this. This film is literally a car chase scene from the first minute of the film to the last. Hopefully that's a good selling point for that film. It's adrenaline rush from the first second this film starts to the last second it ends and it's spectacular stunts on point action cranked to 11 and just again the visuals the the aesthetics of this film fantastic fan fantastic so the last film that is one of our favorites of all time is kind of what made us fall in love with this genre groundhog day we love the time loop genre. If you listen to our previous episodes, you know we've done, we've done quite a few. I seen a Saturday night on time loop films, and you know this is the film that started it all, and we absolutely love it. And you know it's kind of weird. The reason why we love this film is not because of Bill Murray. It's actually Bill Murray is actually the reason why we actually don't like this film as much. If you were to take Bill Murray and swap him out with someone else, we'd probably like it even more than we do. And that's saying something because we love this film a lot. But there's just something about, you know, we'll we'll deduce it as this. Maybe we just didn't like the character of Phil Connors and the way Bill Murray plays him. It just makes him super despicable. But towards the end, you kind of like him more. So maybe, you know, you just kind of went on a train ride with us where we discovered why we didn't like Bill Murray in this film. And, you know, that nice work around that. But, yeah, 
it's it's weird. So we, we, we had that figured out. But yeah, Phil Connors, just Bill Murray, despicable character, Phil Connors. And, and yeah, but some honorable mentions that we're just going to power through and we're not going to give an explanation because we'll, again, be here for hours. But honorable mentions for one of our favorites or favorites of all time, The Raid 1 and 2, Annihilation, Ex Machina, Edge of Tomorrow, Mission Impossible, Fallout, 12 Angry Men, Rear, rear Window, and John Wick 3. There's probably a whole lot more that we didn't get to write down, but those were the ones that came to mind. But let's let's get into some of the films that kind of we haven't watched yet, but we will get to. So we, when we first started, you know, getting really getting into film, and we'll get into the film that made us fall in love with film, is, you know, we went through all the the whole catalog and history of film. We went through all the, the popular films that are a must-watch, you know, like Alien, 2001, Space Odyssey, Lord of the Rings we're working through, so we should add Lord of the Rings to this list. But, you know, actually we'll get through the, the films that we haven't watched, but we will. So, Godfather Trilogy, Citizen Kane, and Lord of the Rings. Those are probably the most popular ones that we could think of that that we need to watch that we haven't yet. But, you know, we went through all... The, the whole sorts. We saw Terminator. We haven't saw, watched Scarface yet. Um, yeah, Alien, Aliens, Terminator, Terminator 2, Heat. You know, all the, all the old classics that we, we, we were recommended to watch, we, we watched. So that being said, the film that kind of made us want to go back and start watching those films because we have a love for cinema. Now... Like we said last week, if you listened to last week's episode, you could try to take a guess at what film made us do that. It's one that's not normal. And if you can kind of catch on already, our favorite films of all time doesn't have a specific movie that you would think I would have. And you are correct. So there's out of our favorite films of all time, we didn't list one single MCU films. There's a reason for that. Because we love all of them, so we think it wouldn't be fair for us to list it as our favorite films of all time because they actually aren't. We wouldn't count them as singular films. They all kind of work under as one single storytelling in terms of a universe. So that's why we didn't include any one of their films or TV shows in our favorite of all time because it just wouldn't be fair. And again, we're just super biased towards that franchise and that and that side. So... But the film that made us fall in love with film and cinema in general is The Avengers 202012. And it's not for the reason that because it's a great film, it is a good film, but it's not excellent. It just it's the film that made us dive into why cinema is so fan, fantastic or, you know, fascinating because it's they did something that no other film has done before and it's creating this universe and interconnected thread throughout six seven films and you know it's kind of an, it signaled a new era into cinema and something that you know kind of changed the way things work around and the meaning of the word franchise because it just ushered in a new era of everyone trying to start a franchise but that's the main reason why avengers was signal um or for us it it's the reason why we fell in love with the film because again we watched it and we were like huh 
It's a very interesting film, and then it just made us dive into like behind the scenes of film and how that stuff is done, and just diving into the more background. And of course, you know, you wouldn't have these films if it weren't for the films that came out in the 80s, 70s, 60s, and you know, it could go all the way back. But you know, you wouldn't have those, and that's why this is the film that kind of woke us up and did that for us. And it's a weird choice, we know, but you know, it's. It brought us here, and that's the journey it took us on. So we're thankful for that, and we greatly appreciate it. Now looking back, is the Avengers, we'll give a quick kind of quick review on Avengers 2012. Is it a great film now? Not really, considering the, what we got in 2019 and 2018 in Infinity War and Endgame, respectively. Not really a great film. A great stepping stone to, towards what we eventually got and the build-up. But, you know, looking back, it... We, we feel a little bit embarrassed that to admit that that's the film that made us fall in love with cinema and we have to stop by as soon as we say that give us a give us a couple minutes we'll explain why it's a little bit of an embarrassing answer but yeah, it's a very good explanation for that so now that you know Avengers the Avengers don't want to get it mixed up with the 1998 version of Avengers we actually saw that as well it was very weird Sean Connery is in it and so is Uma Thurman but yeah it's the 2012 marvel studios mcu version of the avengers that got us to fall in love with cinema but you know that is it for this week's as seen on a saturday night we got to learn a little bit more about us now that you know why we love film you know we can move on to other topics so we covered the two general areas television and film film or movies and you know now we can dive into all different sorts of subjects and it could be minute subjects and more specific subjects targeted subjects like you know spoiler culture Chekhov's gun and you know Dutch tilts or like just cinematography and just dive into any kind of aspect that is involved in filmmaking or TV making and you know we'll We'll do some deep dives into that. So look forward to future episodes that get into those sort of subjects and topics. And we're going to be very excited to, to, to dive into stuff like that. So before we end this episode, let's talk about this week's foundation or charity foundation that we want to talk about. And it's the, it's the same for the past three previous weeks, but it's because it's one that we always support. And that is Save the Children. So if you want to find out more about Save the Children, you can always visit their website at Save the Children. Org. We'll have their information in the show notes. And, you know, there's something that we always, they're a foundation that we always support and have been supporting for the longest time. And we're just glad to shine a light on it every week about this foundation and the great work that they do over there. So if you can, head over to the website, donate, and learn more about the good work that they do over there. And, you know, more importantly, spread the good word about the good work that they do over there and try to try to get their name out there so we always appreciate it if you would do that for us but that is it for this week's episode so look forward to next week's episode it's going to be a very very interesting one so stay tuned for that so without any further ado we will leave you with this be kind stay safe and we will talk to you next week <laughs>